you know, your options are laugh or get angry at yourself while you're cleaning it up or apologizing. Number one, if you really have to make that much of an apology, get away from those people. They don't really care about you. And if you have to clean it up, you might as well smile doing it, you know? Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo. And every episode, we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Own Your Awkward. I am super, super stoked and excited to have Joseph Carabas here. Joseph is doing amazing things in the world. How are you doing today, Joseph? Today's a good day. I woke up breathing. I'm above ground, not pushing daisies. I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I love the metrics. It's, those are great things. I think sometimes we forget <laughs> to just appreciate that we're alive and here and yeah. enjoy <laughs> Yeah. You know, I woke but... up breathing. Hey, good for you. <laughs> good going. Yeah. I heard a saying once that was uh, something along the lines of any day I wake up looking at the ceiling is a good day. I like that. I, I got to write that one down too now. <laughs> Feel free. Uh, as we were getting started, I, I threw another quote out there and, and Joseph was like, I got to put this in my quote book. And I, I love that idea because, you know, we just hear so many good things throughout our day. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to forget stuff and then later it's like, oh, wait, I did. I did hear that nugget somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I started a quotes file. I started keeping quotes, a book of quotes, when I was a teenager in high school. Oh, wow. And yeah, so whenever I heard or read or saw a really, you know, something that made me go, oh, I like that. I immediately wrote it down. So I got stuff from Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which shows you how old I am. Um, all the way up to talking with you today. You know, you're all in there. You're all equal. Wow. I, I love that idea too, that it's not just, you know, it doesn't have to be some famous person or out of somebody's biography because everyone that you encounter is contributing to life. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the stuff, you know, I say to the people, would you like me to put your name on that when I let people, when I share it? Well, who cares that I said it? I said, oh, I care, man. You're going to be famous now. Right? Everybody who reads my blog, both of them will be seeing your name. That's awesome. You know, I, I usually ask people what's the positive thing they're seeing to, to get started. But I kind of want to switch gears with you because we're going down this path. And I'm I'm curious, do you go back and read those quotes? Do you have favorites that stand oh, yeah. out? Yeah, I am constantly going through the quotes. Uh, I... I cycle through them on my signatures, my email signatures. Um, I have a quote of the day that I put up throughout my social network. So it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I, you know, even though there's literally thousands of quotes in there, I always cycle through because some of them are just astounding. Like um, Einstein, Einstein once said that he's amazed at his own stupidity. <laughs> and Einstein thought he was stupid. Okay. You know, that's, that's a gem right there. Um, Paul Simon, not only is this a title of one of his albums, but it's also something he said in a, um, uh, an interview, somebody was asking him, how do you come up with all these songs, all this music? He says, well, I'm still crazy after all these years. Mm. That I love. Still crazy yeah. after all these years. Uh, and then you have things like um, religious wars are basically two people fighting over who has the best imaginary playmate. <laughs> you know, they're all over the place. Um, the thing is, you got to be you got to be paying attention because sometimes people will say things without realizing what they've said. Another to me, just a gem of a quote is uh, promises make a thin soup. Mm. And I heard that in a business meeting and I, I literally, I went, I got to, like I said with you, I got to write that down. <laughs> Hang on a second. No. Yeah. People are like, really? What's going on? Uh, the other one I love was uh, nature bats last and owns the stadium. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, and people say, well, we have to be aware of the environment. I'm like, why? We're going to be gone. And, you know, we have to save the save the planet. The planet's going to be okay. We may not be on it, but the planet's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? It's a good perspective. Yeah. Have you found that um, maybe you've had quotes that you have seen before or heard, but then you're in a different place in either life or that particular day. And all of a sudden it just has different or more, more meaning. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot because I've been collecting quotes since I was a teenager. I will see stuff that I put in, in my late teens, early twenties. And I'll, I'll, why did I think that was so good? What Hmm. was about that? That made me go, I get, I gotta write this one down. And likewise, I kind of figure that what I enter in now should I make it into my 90s, which uh, according to my family tree, I will. I'm going to go, what made me put that in? What kind of young whippersnapper put that in? <laughs> right. What was so important yeah. in that day? Yeah, really, exactly. You know, who was I talking to that day? You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, life changes us if we're allowing, if we're willing to recognize the fact that it changes us and appreciate the changes, you know. Yeah. Use them, live with them, work with them. Yeah. And it's one of those things, you know, and what I work with people on change. That's, that's my thing. And, and it's one of those things that we are always going to be experiencing in good, you know, one way or another, I hate to say good or bad, because we don't always, we want to call it a good or bad change, but we don't know whether the outcome will be good or bad until we get all the way through it. And there are elements of good, even in what we perceive as bad when we yep. start. Yeah, that's that to me is the um, I'm going to say Zen, but I don't know if it's really a Zen thing about you don't know if a thing is a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it's a thing. Right. Yeah. And it's it's your perception of it that makes it go good or bad and changes in our lives. I don't you know, I've met people who honest to God say people never change. Really? Did you look at yourself in a picture 25 years ago? Hmm. (laughs) But you know, okay, fine. That's if you want to say that, that's great. I, I've learned to embrace changes because it's a brand new adventure. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And, you know, some days I need to quit the adventure. I'll admit that. (laughs) But Yeah. Yeah, I I used to work, uh, you know, when I was working in, in a position where we, I was kind of the point person for a key account of ours. And, and it was one of those jobs where you're always the problem solver. And I had to remind myself that all of these problems, which were very stressful and frustrating, were job security. And there were days where I would go to work saying, I could use a little less job security today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, I think on this idea of this, you know, things changing or not and looking at old pictures, it, it just, I had that thought of, you know, sometimes the thing itself that we're looking at might not have changed, but we may have grown into a different place. And so our perception of it now, that's what the actual change is. Yes. Other yes. times it's the other way around. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in you can't go home again. You right. can't go back to that energy. Um, every once in a while, because, because I'm an author and I'm constantly, you know, plumbing my own life for story ideas. Uh, I will go back to the town where I grew up. It's not, very far from where I live now. It's about 18, 20 miles up the road. But I'll go to the places which were my hangouts when I was a teenager, you know, and younger. I'll go back to my grade school. And I can remember that time of my life. I can remember the things that were happening. I can even remember the energy, the emotional energy that Mm -hmm. was going on. But do I want to go back there? Do I want to put myself back in that? No, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I say to people, I would never want to repeat my life, but I don't want to change my life because I'm happy where I am. Took me a long time to get here. You know, give me time to appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've had similar conversations with people where, you know, the good and the challenging and all the stuff that was tough and hard. Had I not gone through that, I wouldn't have the friendship group that I have today. I wouldn't have all the things that I yeah. want in my life right now. Yes. I'm not exactly with people over that or been in the right place to meet somebody. Yep. 
So yeah. it doesn't mean you want to relive it. However, no. <laughs> you don't want to live no. in regret. No. So, you know, do you, do you, would you really like to go back and be shot at again, Joseph? No, that's okay. No, I'm good. I'm yeah, okay. Exactly. I'm cool. I, no. I still have the lessons. I, I got yeah. it. I got that one in one. That was good. You know, dodge the bullet. Okay, got it already. You know. Right. Well, speaking of going back and revisiting, you can go back as far as you want or as recent as you want, but love to know what your awkward thing is you've had to own in order to do this. Oh, God. The awkward thing I've had to own. <laughs> I'm tempted to say myself. Um, I, I have a knack. I had a knack. I tend to be, despite what your listeners and viewers may think in this conversation, I tend to be a quiet, diminutive person these days. But I generally in my life, I've had a knack to, you know, my mouth has a two foot capacity. I can just, you know, get Joseph in here. He'll say something stupid. We'll laugh our heads off. You know, he mm -hmm. won't realize he said it, but let's do it. Social situations. Um, and again, we're going back to my high school days. I would get invited to your typical high school drinking parties, you know, and I'd be the one. We, there was one time we had a drinking party in sand dunes. We were out at the, at the beach. We were in sand dunes. And everybody's, you know, on blankets, breathing heavy, drinking beer, whatever. I'm the guy who's constantly poking my head up, waiting for the police to come by, oh. mm -hmm. you know. And Joe, what's wrong, Joe? Come on, Joe, have fun, relax. No, they're going to get here eventually. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one out of here. Yeah, exactly. So everybody knew. Don't worry. Joe will let us know. Joe will tell us if there's a problem. So that was my history in high school. You know, I was the kid. Tell Joseph to come along with us because he'll watch for police and badness. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, that's making use of your inner awkwardness. Mm -hmm. um, I'm great at verbal faux pas. Oh, God. It's kind of like there's no interlocutor between <laughs> between the brain and the mouth. Uh -huh. like, no filter. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me while I make a fool of myself. Um, so, yeah, has there been a particularly really grand, awkward moment? Um, pick a year. <laughs> pick a season. I'll give you one. Well, you know, you know as you were talking about that, just even that story from high school, it, it made me picture this idea that instead of viewing you as, you know, oh, if you're going to bring Joseph, he's going to be the downer of the party, which could be the perception, right? It could be he's not going to party as much fun. He's going to bring the mood down. We don't want that guy around. But instead, whether you knew it or not at the time, it became this, hey, we want him there because he's not going to be as into this as us. Yeah. So we've got that that role filled. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, I, I remember uh, one of my classmates was a guy named Oscar and he just constantly tried to get me to drink beer, you know, whatever we had going around smoke, whatever. No, it's okay. Oscar. It's, it's okay. And Oscar was this, he was one of the designated cool kids in high school. You remember those guys that right. did the, the uh, Ferris Bueller, of my high school was Oscar and the, the, the guy could fall into a pile of manure and come up smelling like roses. Kind of, <laughs> can I be like you, Oscar? And he goes, well, first thing you're going to do, Joe, is lose 50 pounds because you're kind of heavy. Thanks, Oscar. Uh -huh. um, you know, and you have to have really curly hair. Well, I'm screwed on too, Oscar. What the, <laughs> 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 but uh, he was, he was great. He would, Let's get Joseph. Let's get why, like you said, Joseph's gonna just you know, no, Joseph's cool. He's gonna be cool. Mm -hmm. He wasn't cool the last 15 times, Oz. Why do you want him now? He'll be cool this time. You know, they were <laughs> driving out there and he goes, Joe, listen to me. I want you to laugh. I want you to have fun. I want you to get drunk. Yeah, sure. Okay. Don't worry. We have somebody else looking for the police. Who? Don't worry. We have somebody. <laughs> you need to know the program. Like I can't. Yeah, really. 
if there's no one on yeah what are the rules what are the rules <laughs> you know right. so now but, I, I, i'm curious because there's this theme that i see with people sometimes where a lot of my guests don't know in the moment how unique that is and then you look back and you're like oh that was my thing did you know at that time that that was kind of your role or the or did it just kind of happen it wasn't until um a guy by the name of gary uh i won't share his last name in case he's listening we <laughs> all hope he is uh not until gary because it was one time i i was right on i said police are coming and where i can't you know what do you hear them? what is it you got hearing like a dog what the hell's going on i said the police are coming the police are coming the police are coming so gary is one of the other cool kids and he says okay everybody we got to get going why joseph said the police are coming joseph's an idiot <laughs> joseph said the police are coming let's go because this time he'll be right and i was wow i was as we were, everybody was into the parking lot, going to the cars, blue lights come over the hill, you know? And oh, wow. So, so everybody had, no longer an idiot. <laughs> exactly. And Gary was the one who looked at me and he said, you, you knew they were coming. And I went, yeah, I've known every time I've said they're coming, but they get there after we leave. That's the only difference. Right. You guys don't see the proof. Yeah, really. And, and that would, you know, Garrett, next day in, in school on next Monday, because it was a Saturday night, next Monday in school, everybody, you know, Joseph knows when the cops are coming. Joseph's, <laughs> Joseph's, Joseph's like that. You know, he's got that thing. He's got the, you know, he's got that thing going. He's, you know, the police are coming. And the funny thing is, um, there were people, <clears throat> not that I, I've had this experience, but there were people in combat situations. Uh, you know, military combat, who were the designated like espers, if you want, you know, okay. they were the ones who said, there's a, there's an ambush right over there. There's, you know, somebody's coming, Get it, we got to go. And everyone, yep. Okay, good. Fine. Right. So, I mean, I never had that kind of uh, experience, but, you know, should there ever be a military recruitment or a government program for psychics? Mm, you're on and that'll be the day i'll be so awkward i won't be able to do it right <laughs> yeah you know what card is this I, I i don't know you're holding a card i can't see the card turn the right. card around so i can see what it is no get out of here kid yeah I, I do feel like sometimes uh you know we have this ability and we we perform well in a certain area and it's our natural instinct and then when we're put on the spot about it the mm -hmm. naturalness goes away and all of a sudden yeah. we can't perform Yes. Yes. That's uh, that is actually talking about people with quote unquote psychic abilities or sensitive or whatever. They my experience of them is they rely on such a delicate mix of whatever it is that when someone presents a challenge to them, that they question themselves and that throws everything off. If you can, if you genuinely can do these things to me, that means you got to have tremendous faith in yourself. You got to believe this versus I don't see the police where are the, I don't see them. I don't, you know, how do you know what card the guy's holding? How do you know what their person is going to say? Who do you know is going to be at the meeting? Uh, so I, you know, that's, that's a, a self belief that most people very few people have known. Right. Yeah. Even, I, I don't know if you've run into this where you have that faith in yourself or you have that gut feeling. Have you had it happen where you have the feeling and then someone questions you on it and it undermines your belief in what you felt? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you're going to be a best-selling. I'm, I'm going to be a best-selling author. Author. You're going to be a best-selling author? Really? Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> no, really, I am. I swear to God. You know. Yeah, my favorite has been when uh, people ask for credentials. Like when I do life coaching or speaking and someone will, will in a very pointed way, well, what basically what business do you have to speak on that? And I'm like, 
well, my life and people seem to relate with the perspective that I bring, whether you find that good enough or not, you know, yeah. don't believe me if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a lot of trouble promoting myself as a quote unquote authority because, and I, I, my tagline, if you will, is I'm boring and dull. How can you say that about yourself with the life you've lived? Because I've lived my life. I, I find myself boring and dull. Hmm. You know, I don't think I, I've done it, so it can't be that exciting. And besides, do you really want to be around a person who says, yeah, I'm exciting. I'm Mr. You know, amazing. That person's going to go over a bridge. They're going to jump off a cliff. They're going to bungee jump with a cord that's too long. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I want to be, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I, yeah, that's okay. You go do it. That's cool. Right. You know, so I never, you know, tell us what you've done in your life, Joseph. Uh, and then somebody will say, really? That's amazing. It is. Can't be. I did it. Yeah. You know, I, I can understand that where, I, someone has explained to me once how the things that we do, uh, we downplay because they're easy for us to do. So if you're really good at writing or public speaking or, you know, football, whatever it is, people are yeah. like, oh, you're amazing. You're like, no, this. And then, and what that correlates to a lot of times is undervaluing what we bring to the world because we don't realize how hard that same is for other people. Yeah. Yes. Um, the other side of that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure you've experienced it and I'm sure most of your listeners and viewers have experienced it is people come to you with something and, you know, would you help me with this? It's so easy for you. You can fix it in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to charge you $250. Right. You know why it's only going to take you five minutes. Yeah. Because it took me 35 years to get to the point where I can fix it for you in five minutes. Exactly. You know? Well, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I remember in the not too distant past where I had the realization that people aren't paying me for the time it takes to do the thing they're paying me for. They're paying me for the time that I've put in to be this good at what I do. Just, yes. And, and I have to remember that when I'm selling myself, because I tend to, like you said, I tend to undervalue myself and to have a hard mm -hmm. time selling myself. Say, so, wait, you're paying me because I practice this craft every week. I practice coming up with things to talk about and speak and write about every day. I'm driving down the road and it's in my head. That's yes. what you're paying for. Exactly. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think we do tend to undervalue ourselves because it is second nature to us. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like <clears throat> I sit down and I play the piano or I play the guitar and people go, wow, that's how long did it take you to do that? Oh, I don't know. I started playing when I was a kid, you know, grade school. Yeah. Oh, so you've been playing for a while. Well, not continuously. You know, I took time out to have meals and play sure. ball and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, somebody once said to me, how long did it take you to learn how to play guitar like that? And I actually thought maybe 75, 80 hours. Mm. They went, you're going to be kidding me. And I said, yeah, but it was over 15 years. Right. The 75, yeah. 80 hours or over 15 years mm -hmm. of picking it up for five minutes and just, you know, the same chords, the same chords, the same transition, the same transition, the same fingering, the same fingering until it became second nature. Right. So now when I sit down and do it, it sounds so, oh, wow, that really sounds beautiful. Yeah. That right there was three hours of right. practice over six weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I have had people ask, you know, how long did it take to write this book? And you probably had a similar question. And you think, yeah. well, it was four years, but actual work might have been four weeks. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the actual time at the computer didn't take nearly as long as the, the amount of time that lapsed. Yeah, uh, I do get that. I, I always get a kick out of you, you write books so quickly. No, I don't. I sit down at the keyboard. That's quick. Yeah. The research and everything else, the life that went into getting to that point where I could write that quickly. You know, it's like I was saying earlier about uh, I will go through my own life to get things from my books and my short stories and stuff. So I'll go back and research stuff 
oh, that's right. That's happened here. You know, this right. happened here. This happened here. There may have been a year and a half of research that goes into four weeks of writing. Sure. You know? yeah. So, yeah. And it's interesting to think about having to research your own life. I've had to do some where I'm telling a story and I have to go look at the map and that would I have turned right here and would it have been as far as I'm remembering it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's actually part of uh, what makes an interesting story is because in fiction, you can exaggerate. Sure. You can embellish. You know, yeah. you have to do it within reason. You know, you can't say, well, yeah, when I was 23, I was 10 feet tall. Maybe <laughs> in your own mind. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You can be very creative. And even with nonfiction, uh, you can be creative. Uh, a lot of the research that I do is, as you say, for accuracy. Mm -hmm. But not, <clears throat> not accuracy of what I did or how I did it. But this is what the building was like. This is the layout. You know, if you're writing a murder mystery in a building that you are familiar with, but it was 30 years ago, make sure that building is still around, number one. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and as you say, well, did, I, did I walk up three flights of stairs, two flights? Where would the guy be hiding? The men's room? What, you know, where was the men's room? You know, in the story, you have him leaping out from one side. Oh, shit, the door's on the other side. So <laughs> yeah, language. he wouldn't land in the park if he left out that. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, he went right through the window and down three stories. <laughs> And amazingly as it is, people will call you on that stuff because there will be somebody yes. in that town or. Yes. Yeah. 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 And sometimes people will call you on things that they remember wrong. And it's like, oh, go look at the building. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I've had something like some things like that happen. And my response is, thank you. Thank you. I'll, and I'll put that into the next revision. And they're thrilled. Yeah. You, know? you, you listened to me. You heard me. You, right. you know. You paid attention. Of course I did. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for buying my book. Let me sign it for you. You know? Right. Um, I'll scribble over the mistake. and. <laughs> yeah, really? That would be great. I got to do that. That's yeah. good. I got to remember that. Send them one with a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. It'd be one of a kind, too. Andy made this suggestion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is fun. I have a, um, a book I've written that is stories from around town, but I have changed the names and locations to keep people you know innocent yep but i've then had to go do the research of well if i said we're going from point a to point b i want to keep you know the length of the time was about the same so now i've got to go find a different point a and point b that are yeah. similar um and it just it's interesting because i'm sitting there going this is my life why am i having to research it yep <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I finished, uh, I wrote a, basically a thriller murder mystery, which will be at the end of this year. Yeah. And it's from the 1970s. It's a, it's based on a true story from the early 1970s about a town that I visited, lived in, had a girlfriend there. So, you know, as you were saying, memory is what memory is, it's got holes in it. So, it's about a four hour drive. I decided I'm going to take a weekend, go up there. And of course we're talking 35, we're talking better than 40 years now. The town has changed, mm -hmm. you know, where did those condos come from? What the heck is that? Right. You know, wasn't <laughs> yeah. there a road? Wasn't there a river here? What the hell happened? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm talking, I went into the library and I'm like, was there ever a place called Astro subs and pizza? No, 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 no. I said, do you happen to have any newspapers from 1973, from October 1973? Yeah, they're, you know, microfiche, microfiche. Remember that? Yeah. So, and there there it was, you know, $1 off coupon, Astro Subs and Pizza. Oh, wow. There it was. With the, with the street address, which is now condos, you know. Right. Uh, or it was, a, it was a mini mart, you know, a Sitco mini mart. And I'm like, wow oh my god yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's funny how that one thing can stay in your head yeah yeah well i remember the guy the reason i remember this astro subs and pizza was the guy made an italian bomb mm. you know and it was it was just crappy cold cuts uh-huh but 
but the most incredible hot sauce. Okay. You know, you know it's kind of like one bite. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Give me something, wash this out, you know? Right. Uh, but that was my memory. So, mm-hmm. of course, that got into the story. Yeah. That one thing, you know? So, as you're saying, somebody comes forward. I'm prepared for some some guy to come forward. That was my place. I own right. that astral subject. Pizza. What are you writing about? Ah. Which would be awesome because then their place isn't forgotten right it's yeah yeah really yeah created memories for people and there you go yeah geez i remember that that's great yeah yeah i i have uh you know reconnected with a lot of friends from high school i didn't keep connected with while i was married and uh, just kind of been interesting to have conversations about what we remember have you run into situations where you're with people from the same time and space where you remember something they don't or they don't remember something you do and you're like trying to piece together what the reality was oh yeah all the time um i had i had a woman that i dated in high school reach out to me on on facebook i know her last name has changed and i you know again we're going 40 plus years so we're going back 50 plus years um so you know i'm looking at the name and of course, she's changed physically a little bit. Wow, the face looks awfully familiar. So she reached out. I didn't respond. She reaches out again. She reaches out, reaches out through LinkedIn. And I said, "I, I do. I do. Have we met?" She, <laughs> yeah. Don't you remember that? Oh my God! You know. <laughs> right. So. I'm like, oh my God, I can't win. Jeez, what the hell? You know, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> so we arranged to get together for a coffee. And, you know, we did what you were saying. It's like, oh, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you, whatever happened to, whatever happened to Lauren, whatever happened to Tina, whatever happened to Jimmy, whatever, you know, whatever happened to Andy, blah, blah, blah. And it was so funny because a lot of the conversation went, you did? He did? Oh. <laughs> what was that? Right. What class? Did I miss that? Was I up that day? Right. Yeah. In the, in the auditorium? <laughs> what? Ha- really? And I had that? And he got a hold of the intercom? Right. What? You know? It, it was yeah. it was hysterical. And I, I said to her, do you keep in touch with anybody else from back then? She goes, no, I, I found you totally by accident. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, Thank you. I truly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And there was another. Um, my life seems to be around women I've dated. I don't know because I have a wonderful wife. Um, she's right over there, so I have to say that loud. Right. Wonderful. <laughs> Plus, it's being recorded. <laughs> yes, it's being recorded. No, really, I mean it. Uh, it was a, a girl I uh, I knew in in college. Didn't date her, but we were really good friends. Um, Hadn't seen her in, oh, God, I can't remember how many years. And all of a sudden, I get an email from her. I'm glad to know you're okay and thrilled we're making contact. Is there a reason, you know, do I have a child I don't know about? (laughs) Where's this Um, going? (laughs) Yeah, really. And it turns out that she was coming up on retirement and just decided what the heck, I'm going to begin looking people up to see who's around here. Hmm. She lived about an hour and a half away. We met halfway, had a great time, great chat. And again, it was, do you remember? Do you remember what happened to where, what became of blah, blah, blah. Have you stayed in touch with it's, it's amazing to me who of everyone you knew drops off the map. I mean, there was a guy I knew in high school, a Brian, and you knew that guy was going to be like the Geraldo Rivera oh, of his day. You know, he was going to be the investigative reporter who discovered that they never landed on the moon. And here's proof. And I got the boot print, you know. Um, and lost track of him in college and have ne- I can't find him. Interesting. I can't find him on Facebook, LinkedIn. Don't know what became of him. There was another guy when I was at Michigan State, um, 
really good friend. He came, he came and visited us uh, about a year and a half later. And he, this was back when there was still a Soviet Union. And he said, he was a born again Christian. And he said, I believe I have a calling to go evangelize in the Soviet Union. Wow. Okay. How safe do you feel doing that? I, I feel I have to go do it. Well, good. If there's anything we can ever do to help you, let us know. So, well, yeah, you could help me, you know, put together a packet, which for him involved 50 Bibles. Okay, that's cool. And uh, got a, we got letters. We didn't get emails back then. Got a letter from him. And that was the last I ever heard of him. Wow. Yeah, so, and because that was still the Soviet Union. I don't know yeah, if he's in a gulag somewhere in Siberia. Yeah, you, know? you never know. Wow. Yeah. So there's just, it's not that I would want to keep connected to people I knew back then, mm-hmm. but when you still have some strength in common, some bond, it's great to discover them all over again. Right. There's a lot of people, yeah, it's okay. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who, what happened? Where'd you go? What became of you? Right. Now, have you found with any of those situations where people that were of less importance in your life or less significant in your in your realm of influence, or maybe really significant, but now that significance has changed where someone that you maybe saw in passing in the hallway at school, all of a sudden it's, wow, we really connected 30, 40 years later because now we're in different places. There was a kid again in high school, uh, Jerry, and he was, he was one of those fringe people. You know, he never was in a group, never was out of a group, just kind of went back and forth. And like you say, you know, we knew each other. We'd say hi. We would chat, uh, occasionally sit at the same lunch table, but that was it. And 25, 30 years later, I'm coming back. I was teaching at a university and I'm driving back home. And car on the side of the road before there were cell phones, broken down. Let me stop, see if the guy needs any help, take him to a service station. So I, you know tapped the horn, I pulled up behind him, tapped the horn, got out of the car, and his head comes up from underneath his uh, his hood. Jerry? <laughs> wow. Joe? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? What? You know, he goes, he was teaching at the same university. Oh, he was wow. teaching mathematics. And I'm like, wow, holy crap. <laughs> I mean, how, how many years were we going like this and didn't yeah. know it? So, you know, I gave him a ride to his house, which was about 30 miles away. And I said, don't you want to go back for the car? No, I'll call AAA when I get home. Tell them where it is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, wow, you know, and and you get that kind of connection. There was another guy, John, um, who he was 10 years older than me. And he was kind of my mentor at the time, you know, really taught me a lot of stuff about life and about what we were working on. Totally lost touch with them. And then I found out he lived one town away from me. Oh, wow. So I went, okay, let's, I knocked on his door. And, you know, his Joseph, I went, yeah, John, do you remember me? Oh my God. Yeah. I remember we went to university, uh, Carnegie Mellon. I went, oh my God, you do remember me. Yeah. So, you know, and that that was a good relationship, which lasted until he passed away, which was very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, he's 10 years older than me. It's going to happen sometime. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, those are the joyful moments. Right. You know, when someone who you knew suddenly comes up and reenters and becomes that person again. Mm-hmm. You were also talking about people who had a lot of meaning and what happened to them. Yeah, they're all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, uh, both people I loved and, and appreciated and people that I did not like that much. Mm. You know, um, there was there was one kid I knew, Lori, 
you ever have you ever known somebody who was just plain beautiful regardless of how they looked regardless of physical features they oh, were just yeah, a beautiful definitely. person yeah so um she was she was one of those amazing people who whatever happened it's going to be okay it's going to be all right hmm. and i was writing a, a novel again going to be out later this year and um I had a, a place in the novel for her, for her character, for a person just like her. So, you know, I'm just curious. Let me dig it up. Let me go see. She was in the uh, World Trade Towers when they got blown oh, up. Gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, so I believe it or not, without going into details about who she was, I wrote that in as part of her story arc. Yeah. And how greatly it affected the main character. Mm -hmm. You wow. know, that he was just devastated he you know because she she had been so gracious and kind and loving and caring without having to be you know right um i think that's part of it though is recognizing someone's meaning in your life and going back to our opening discussion allowing that meaning to change over time mm -hmm. to either grow or fade whatever right. but yeah, honoring it and it doesn't have to be like, I find a lot of people get caught up in the emotion of changing relationships and they, they attach hurt to what isn't what it was or what they expect. Yeah. And it's hard to let go and think this was a beautiful thing. It was a great relationship. I don't have to be angry at that person that we're not as close anymore. We can still have a great conversation once a year, whenever we catch up or whatever, or I can just yeah. have a fun memory of what was knowing that yeah. we're in different places now. Yeah, um, kind of, kind of along with that, I've had the situation where someone was my nemesis, if you will, or a bully to me, mm -hmm. and I run into them now, and oh yeah, geez, you were a bit of an asshole back then, <laughs> and I had one guy, uh, Bob, I forgot his last name. Bob Bear, I think it was. He said, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I was. Mm, wow. And I, I went, oh, you were aware? You know, didn't say this out loud to him, but you were aware right. of it. <laughs> yeah. And then he went on and he said, yeah. And this was back in the 60s and 70s. And he said, yeah, my parents were breaking up and it was real ugly. and It was messy. So me and my brother, we didn't know what the hell was going on. We kind of just attacked anybody who got near us. Wow. And I went, wow. So there we okay. He cracks up and he goes, yeah, believe it or not, I'm a psychotherapist now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part of that journey got him to where he is. Yeah. yeah. I specialize in helping children who are going through, you know, family wow. separations. I went, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Give me this again. You know what right? I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You used what happened to you to make the world better. Oh right. my God. Which is bless you. That's like the best case scenario yeah right? yeah exactly you know yeah well joseph i could listen to you share for hours you are definitely not boring um, oh, thank you. but i definitely want to have a chance to hear a little bit about you you shared teasers about these books coming out and you have other <laughs> books that i know people can get right now tell yes. us a little bit about what you have how people can support you and what's best for how to well thank you um, by all means, go look for me on Amazon. Yes. And buy everything that I've written. Go for it. And leave glorious reviews. Even if you don't like what I've written, just write a good review anyway. I, I don't care. It's all fiction. I don't mind. And there are links um, in the show notes below to make it really easy for you to click on that and go right there. Bless you. Um, my most recent book is Empty Sky. I assume everyone can see that. Beautiful. And uh, Empty Sky is um, about a young boy, a toddler when the story opens, and his, his dog, Shem. And they are asked by the moon, by Selene, the goddess of the night and queen of dreams, to help save the world's dreams. Because the NSA, of course, some government organization, mm -hmm. the NSA 
has discovered a way to weaponize dreams. They're basically stealing people's dreams and putting fear and anxiety in their minds. So people are stopping to hope. They're not, they don't care anymore. They don't want to go out of their little shell. So he and his dog and a, a group of people the moon brings together fight to save the world's dreams. And I won't tell you if they do or not. But I have said I have been told that people cry a lot through this book. They laugh and they cry because the characters are well drawn and there's a lot of pain, but a lot of joy. Hmm. So there's that. There's the augmented man. Uh, we were talking earlier about not having combat experience. I uh, part of my life, I did a lot of work in the uh, post-traumatic stress disorder field with uh, dealing with people uh, who came from a horribly traumatized childhood and who had been in combat situations and made the link. So I wrote a book about all of my study and research and helping people, but it's a work of fiction. It's about um, a, a future war, not terribly far away, where the United States is losing a war in South America. Um, and to help end the war, they basically need to create people who don't care anymore, who don't suffer pain anymore. So this one military expert says, I have people we can use. Let's get horribly traumatized children. They've already suffered. They're spiritually dead. They're emotionally dead. Let's get them. We can biochemically and bioengineer them to be what we need them to be. So the main character, Nick Trailer, he goes from being about 5'6", 125 pounds to being close to seven feet tall and close to, I think, 700 pounds of just anger and muscle and rage. Yeah, wow. Um, so they do what they have to do. The war ends. But you can't bring these guys home. They're destructive engines. Yeah. So the tagline is, what happens when the ultimate weapon falls in love? All of them are sacrificed except for Nick. Uh, they're given over to the enemy to do what they need to do to kill them. Nick escapes, comes back. He's living in the northern Maine woods, and he meets a young lady who doesn't see him as a monster. She sees him as this really big guy who's kind to animals and gracious and actually very giving. So while all this goes on, he has been trained to kill anything. He knows he can't be with her because any strong emotion will cause him to want to kill. Mm. So he goes back to the guy who made him and says, kill me before I kill her. Oh, wow. So you have all of this. Then you have <clears throat> that thing you do. I'm sorry. Celestial campfires. Tales told around celestial campfires which is uh, basically an anthology of, uh, I started publishing fiction in 1978. So everything that I did, which was published in print from 78 to the early 2000s is in the anthology. It's fiction, uh, science fiction, horror, um, fantasy, humor. Mm. And then here it is that thing you do, which is, um, that's actually a nonfiction book. Back when I had my last company, <clears throat> I was hired by a California-based group to do a regular weekly blog for them because uh, my company specialized in neuroscience, psychology, anthropology, linguistics, sociology, applications. So they said, you know, what you do is fascinating. The research is fascinating. Would you like to do a weekly blog for us about how you can take what you're studying and doing and actually apply it in everyday life. I said, yeah, sure. So my editor of the new publishing house I'm with, she was going through my portfolio and she said, wow, these are great. These are amazing. Mm -hmm. We're gonna make a book out of this. I went, yes, let's <laughs> do that. So there you go. And I have books coming out with uh, them every uh, three months. The next one's gonna be the end of June and the end of September, then middle of December for the Christmas and then in the next year. I love that. So as you're all hearing lots of options, whether it's just for entertainment yes. and 
And even the fiction has a lot of lessons and things that make you think. Yes. Yes. Uh, one reader, one regular reader of my work said to someone else, Joseph's work is not for lazy readers. You have to be paying attention hmm. or you're going to miss nine tenths of what goes on in his stories. Wow. I went, okay. I'll accept that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. I'm going to ask you one last thing before we go. Yes. And that is how would you challenge our listeners and viewers to do something this week that owns their awkward? Uh, something that owns their awkward is the minute you recognize or even suspect you're having one of those moments, take a moment and laugh. Either chuckle to yourself or laugh out loud because those are the things that make us human. When we're, you know, when we're, you know, being, yes, here I am. I'm amazing. It's not a good thing. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful and cool. But it's when you flub up. It's when you, you know, when you say, wow, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. <laughs> or, you know, you, you go to pick something up and your hand doesn't quite grasp it. So it slips out and you're like, could have done that one better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, your options are laugh or get angry at yourself while you're cleaning it up or apologizing. Number one, if you really have to make that much of an apology, get away from those people. They don't really care about you. And if you have to clean it up, you might as well smile doing it, you know? <laughs> so there you go. I love that. Just laugh. It makes everything. Yes. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing so many great stories and perspectives. I love the idea of a quote notebook. I think I'm going to have to start writing down some quotes. I have um, I have quote post-its, but I love this idea of a central space because I, I just, I, I feel like I will, I reminisce about missing what I could have been writing down in my early teens and like, what were those quotes? So I look forward to seeing your quotes coming and your books coming out at the end of the year. Everybody else, be sure you click the links below, buy some books, entertain yourself, grow, and as always, own your awkward. Very good. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. My dog's barking for dinner. I got to go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it. 